I'm Ashley Ragsdale, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm the Executive Director of the Healing Words Foundation, Prairie Doc Programming, and I am filling in today as our Prairie Doc Radio host. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605 609-692-1430. That's 605-692-1430. With us today to answer our medical questions is Dr. Jill Cruz. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. I know that I was talking with Bob earlier about the weather and how I have enjoyed seeing the sun a little bit more here lately. So definitely a good help for all that seasonal affective disorder. So absolutely, we had uh, we have a friend that moved from Missouri this year, and she was commenting on how no one is wearing jackets anymore. And I said, well, we've had such a drastic change in temperature. But uh, I feel like as a parent of someone who is just in middle school, anytime it's above 30, they don't wear a jacket. So, Pretty much. I, I know they did a study one time to say at what temperature does someone need to put a sweatshirt on? And South Dakota and North Dakota had the lowest temperatures that we felt it was necessary <laughs> to wear jackets and sweatshirts. As someone who uh, grew up in the South, I will say lots of friends and family are usually shocked and either appalled that our school temperatures, um, our kids go out if it's above zero. Uh, and, and as I'm watching all of Texas and uh, the southern states be under all these snow problems that uh, I think about, that's just kind of January, February, March here in South Dakota. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that hit when we went to Florida over Christmas. Uh, Florida issued a wind chill advisory and the temperature wind chill was down to 20 Oh, 20. <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh, we'd still have outdoor recess. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dr. Cruz, this week, uh, your show is about sleep apnea. Yes. What is sleep apnea? So, apnea is a fancy term basically meaning a pause. So, it means a pause in breathing while you're sleeping. Okay. So, I know that there's, uh, in your essay this week, you talk about the benefits of sleep and why you should sleep more. I know that I am guilty of not going to bed on time, whether that's just getting some quiet time to myself or reading. Um, Why should we be sleeping more? Well, it has so many health benefits and your body really uses sleep as a time to help repair. Uh, It's also a time when memories are kind of placed into long-term memory storage. So it's good for memory, it's good for your immune system. It affects your stress hormones, which can affect weight, can also affect risk for uh, diabetes, heart attack, and uh, high blood pressure. So all of those things are related to this complex play of hormones, which are based on this internal kind of circadian rhythm. So this internal clock. So if you mess that clock up, you can really have effect on your health. So I know there's always a lot of importance when we, if you have children and we talk about making sure they get, you know, X number of hours Mm -hmm. of sleep a night. Is that true for adults as well? Yes, adults as well. Um, And there's a wide variety of what people need. You know, some people say, oh, five hours, I wake up refreshed and I feel fine. And other people like, "Ah, I need nine or I'm dragging. So, you know, we kind of say that seven to nine is kind of somewhere in eight's kind of the, the round number we talk about is number of hours of sleep that most people need. And again, there's a, a range of what normal is and, you know, see how you uh, react when you have more or less sleep and you'll definitely notice a difference. 
Well, we're going to go to our first break here shortly, and we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like for us to address. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like pipes and cigars or breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov slash quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. Before our break, Dr. Cruz, we were talking about sleep apnea and how it's an interruption of your sleep cycle. So how how is sleep apnea diagnosed? So sleep apnea is diagnosed with what's called a sleep study. So there's two different ways to do a sleep study. One is in a sleep lab where you go and it's set up like a hotel room and they put all these little electrodes on your head and probes on your fingers. So it's checking your brain waves. It sees what level of sleep you're in. Um, There's a microphone recording to see if you're snoring, checks your oxygen levels, checks the chest rise and fall, and um, measures if there's pauses in breathing, if your oxygen level drops while you're sleeping. And, you know, how many of those pauses you're having per hour. So that's called your apnea hypopnea index. So AHI. And that kind of tells how severe the sleep apnea is. So normal, there shouldn't be any more than about five, four or five pauses an hour in your breathing. I have seen people with bad sleep apnea that are having, you know, 60 pauses an hour. So it's thinking you're not really going a minute without an interruption in your breathing. So imagine walking and then holding your breath for 10 to 15 seconds while you're walking. I mean, right. every 10 to 15 seconds for five to 10 seconds. And you can see where that would be very disruptive in your sleep. And a lot of times people have to kind of half awaken to stop that apnea and then they're not getting good restful sleep. And so this is, it's preventing people. I mean, not only I'm sure is it scary to not be able to breathe during Mm -hmm. that time but it's also then um i assume preventing people to get to like that REM sleep right where you're getting that rest where you talked about in your essay where you're being able to process all the things you need to process during that downtime exactly that REM sleep and then you can get what's called REM rebound if you're not getting adequate sleep and you actually have too much REM time and then that's when people are talking about oh my gosh i have all these vivid dreams or i have these nightmares and also, there's lots of things that go on during sleep that are very, can definitely have impact your quality of sleep. 
So definitely essential to mm-hmm. being able to function the next day. Then. Yes. So, so Dr. Cruz, we did get a question in here. And the question is, what is pleurisy and what can cause it? All right. Well, we're still talking about the lungs. Okay. So pleurisy uh, just means an inflammation of the pleural lining. So the pleura is a lining that kind of connects. Uh, it goes over the lungs and kind of covers them and then covers the inside wall of the chest. So it's kind of a double layer. So think of it um, if you were wearing a vest, (laughs) and that's over your chest, and that would be covering the lining of the lungs, if you consider your chest wall like the lung lining. So pleurisy is when that lining is inflamed. So again, imagine you're wearing a vest, but instead of the lining being silk, it's sandpaper. So every time you breathe and your chest moves, it rubs and it hurts. Okay. That's what pleurisy is. It's an inflammation of that lining. A lot of times it's caused by infections. It can be you know, bronchitis, pneumonia, bacterial infections, viral infections. All of those can cause pleurisy. And that, when that lining gets irritated, inflamed, it hurts every time you take a breath. Do we see more of this in like the winter time? Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. How do we clear this up? Um, this one, it really, take medications to help with inflammation. So anti-inflammatories, um, you know, pain medications, Tylenol, ibuprofen can help with that. Um, but really, when the infection clears, it goes away on its own. Is it something where if you get it once, you're more prone to it again? Um. Not necessarily, but you you definitely can uh, get it multiple times. But I won't say that having it once makes it more likely of happening. So, Dr. Cruz, we've got a second question here. What's your opinion on Prevagen? Prevagen. A Prevagen pill. All right. I don't have a strong one okay. <laughs> at this point. Um, they also, uh, what's the difference between OTC pills like this mm-hmm. and prescription memory thinking ones? Yep. So, um, so Prevagen is a over-the-counter supplement. I guess apparently pharmacists recommended. Um, that one, I don't know. I will have to ask our sleep specialist what they okay. they think about that. So, I a lot of times, if something is not FDA approved, that means they it hasn't had to go under any scrutiny. Okay. So they can do their own testing, but it doesn't have to be double checked by anybody else. So they anything over the counter can't make health claims because they don't have to be backed up. But they can say anything they want on the label. So. So a little, maybe so one of those uh, things to talk to your doctor, doctor about. about. Okay. And it, it's kind of anything that's over the counter is really a buyer beware. It, we can't guarantee that it works because it doesn't have to prove that it works. It can just right. say that it may help. So definitely one of those things. Talk to your doctor about, mm-hmm. but also be wary of things that haven't undergone studies and mm-hmm. research and all those kind of things too. Yeah, because so. their job as a business is to make money. And I'm always wary of any problem that is presented and then that company says they have the solution yeah i will say or the only solution or the best solution uh dr johnston had a show about um neuropathy Mm -hmm. and i hadn't really noticed all of the commercials that talk about that until Mm -hmm. she had discussed that show about how many um quick fixes there were for it Mm -hmm. and um we can cure this kind of commercials until she had pointed that out so definitely um it's hard when you see professional looking um advertisements for a lot of those things so but you know if you're working on memory good sleep 
Yeah. And staying, keeping your brain active. Absolutely. So with sleep apnea, if, um, what are some warning signs that I should be looking for uh, if I'm at home? You're concerned about yeah. it? Um, usually the warning signs come from the significant other who is sharing your bed with you and says, I heard you snore like a buzzsaw. And I hear pauses and I am afraid you're not going to wake up one of these times or, you know, the spouse is nudging them or they have to go to a different room because it's so loud. Because usually along with sleep apnea, there's loud snoring and then these gasps and pauses and gasping for air that people hear. So that a lot of times people are brought in and the spouse says, I am concerned about this. And the the patient is like, I I don't know what you're not bothering, not Not noticing it, not noticing. But you can have morning headaches that can definitely be a cause uh, blood pressure that's not responding to medication sometimes sleep apnea can cause um, uncontrolled hypertension so blood pressure that just doesn't want to get better because you're not treating the root cause of it when i was reading um through your essay and reading up about sleep apnea they talk about a stop bang questionnaire mm-hmm. what is that yep so that's one of the questionnaires that uh, doctors use to um kind of look for the symptoms of sleep apnea. So I saw it was snoring, snoring, tired, Mm -hmm. observed, pressure, body mass, age, neck size, and gender. Mm -hmm. Why does neck size important? Because you're talking, this is where a lot of obstructive sleep apnea occurs is in the neck. So if you have a very thick, short, stubby neck that's full, um, there's more likely extra soft tissue that could kind of close over when you're sleeping and laying down flat. Okay. And is this a common thing? Like just these kind of things that you're looking at before you, you know, suggest someone do a sleep study? Those are definitely, there's also something called an Epworth sleepiness scale that kind of says what's your likelihood of falling asleep during certain activities, you know, driving. If you're falling asleep driving, we've got a big problem. That's like, probably not good. No. You know, are you falling asleep if you're just sitting on the couch watching TV? Are you falling asleep if you're having a conversation with someone? You know, are you falling asleep at the dinner table? So what is your likelihood of falling asleep? And you, if you hit a certain score threshold, then you definitely qualify for insurance to have a sleep study. So we're going to head to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Did you know that breast cancer death rates have declined 40% from 1989 to 2016 among women? The progress is attributed to the improvement in early detection. Breast cancer is most common in women, but can also be found in men. Anyone who notices changes in the breasts, such as skin texture, tenderness, lumps, or discharge, should be examined by their provider. Women are encouraged to have a mammogram every one to two years, starting at age 40. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please talk with your provider about your breast health and other health concerns by calling the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. 
So we're talking about sleep apnea. And um, can you do anything to prevent sleep apnea? Um, you can treat sleep apnea. Prevent, I would say, working on healthy weight because it definitely, again, neck size, obesity, puts you at higher risk for sleep apnea. Um, you obviously can't change your gender. Uh, right. Males are at higher risk for sleep apnea than females. Uh, you can't change your age. So, you know, the big thing is maintain a healthy weight. Um, sleep apnea can sometimes be worsened with alcohol drinking okay. in the evening. Again, it relaxes those tissues, and we don't want that to happen. People tend to have, some people will have what's called positional sleep apnea. So if they sleep on their back, they will have apneic episodes because the soft tissue of the soft palate and the tongue will fall back in the throat and close things off. But if they lay on their side or their stomach, they don't have that because those tissues are falling forward. A different thing. In a different, yep. What a, is there an age where you typically see more of this diagnosed? Can it happen at any it age? It can happen at any age. Um, and it can happen... You know, but generally it happens more as you get older. I mean, actually, when I was in residency, I went through a sleep study because I was exhausted all the time. And talk about falling asleep while driving. I almost did a couple times driving home from call, which so. And do I have sleep apnea? I have very mild. My apnea hypopnea index was five. (laughs) So it was like right at that cutoff. But it was positional. If I don't sleep on my back, I switch from sleeping on my back to my side, problem went away. Okay. So let's say you're diagnosed with sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this for life? Um, generally, it is, unless something drastic changes, okay. yeah, again, with weight. Um, but again, we, we treat it. There are some people that CPAP is the most common thing that we use for treatment, where it's this continuous positive airway pressure, where you're blowing air into force the airways in the throat to maintain uh, patency and being open while you're sleeping. Um, there are other things. If you have very mild sleep apnea, you can get a dental appliance from a dentist that um, pushes the jaw forward. Okay. And in pushing the jaw forward at night, it pulls the tongue forward and that keeps the tongue from falling back. So very mild cases, um, very select people that one works for. So if you're having a hundred, you know, apnea, hypopnea events an hour, that's not going to work. You're going to need the CPAP. Some people, there is a surgery where they remove the uvula and part of the soft palate. That can help. And there is also a device, I believe it's called an Inspire. We'll talk about it. We have a a segment on the show discussing it that's placed by an ear, nose, and throat that kind of has a a stimulator that, again, tries to keep those muscles of the soft palate open and not from collapsing. So that's one of the newer treatments for sleep apnea. But when we're talking about sleep apnea treatment, far and away, the most common used is the CPAP machine. I know as part of your show tomorrow night, we um, we have a new segment that goes to and looks at different types of machines. Mm-hmm. And they talk about one that goes over like the full face and mouth yeah. and one that just goes over the mouth. Um, is it, uh, do you see a lot of people that... Um, are adverse to getting those kind of machines? Yes. Okay. Yes, because, you know, even when I was going through my sleep study, I was talking to my husband, and he's like, I was like, what do I do if I need a CPAP? He's like, oh, not sexy. <laughs> not sexy at all. <laughs> I was like, but breathing's kind of important. Yes. So, you know, th- there is a lot of people like, oh, I don't want to haul this machine around. But then they use it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I will never be without this. I feel so much better, you know. it. So, 
you know, there are lots of different ones. And most people are thinking about the full face. You know, I right. think I'm a maverick and Top Gun. Yeah. And they think that, oh, my gosh, that's so claustrophobic. But there are different ones that are just in the nose. Like you said, just the mouth. It kind of depends. Are you a mouth breather? Do you breathe through your nose and mouth? So what's the right mask for you? I always tell people that there's... 20 different things to try we can find something that will work well for you it may take a little trial and error but breathing is important enough that we can take the time to figure out what's going to work for you so with sleep apnea if it goes untreated let's say they don't go in and see anybody um does it get just progressively worse yes okay yeah and so ultimately, it would be one of those things that um, where you talked about where it affects just more actual body parts mm-hmm. that start. Yeah. It starts affecting the heart. It starts affecting, you know, the whole body. So because you're not getting good rest, you're again, then we're talking about sleep deprivation. We're talking about memory issues. We're talking about cognition. We're talking about ability to heal immune system. We're talking about weight control. We're There's so many things that, you know. Do you see a lot of people that come in with um, one of these other things, whether it's memory issues or heart problems and whatnot, and you can trace it back to this being the thing that started at least part yeah, of this? Yeah, I have had times where we kind of, once we figured that out and we started treating the sleep apnea, things started getting better in all aspects of their health. So, yes, it sleep is such a vital part and getting good restful sleep is so vital to your health and we don't think about it because we're not aware of what we're doing when we're sleeping right so we're we're talking about sleep apnea what are some other conditions that might cause us like that disruption of sleep so Mm -hmm. we've had the sleep test we're fine not sleep apnea Um, restless legs is a very common one where the legs just have this creepy crawly feeling on the inside you feel like you need to move them Um, you know you need to get up and walk and usually that gets worse at night so, you know, definitely restless legs. A gentleman with enlarged prostates where you're having to get up to go to the bathroom several okay. times, that can cause it. Women having menopausal hot flashes. There's also lots of sleep disorders and, you know, anything that affects your ability to get to sleep, stay asleep. Insomnia is a huge problem for lots of people. And that definitely can turn into this um, endless cycle of not getting enough sleep and then you're tired so you take a nap and then you're not tired at night because you took a nap and you know it's just but you need a nap because you're tired and it you just end up chasing your tail of you know I definitely know for myself like I cannot take a nap like mm-hmm. it just doesn't if I do then it messes. I yes I have trouble falling asleep and if I do fall asleep I wake up in the middle of the night because of that so mm-hmm. uh what about mental health how does that affect oh sleep? definitely well at night when you have nothing else to distract you that's a lot of times when people say god i can't turn off my brain i'm thinking about all the things i did today or didn't do and should have done or they'll be replaying conversations they had and you know trying to get that brain to quiet down and let you go to sleep and that's so hard too right mm-hmm. because i um we all know that good rest helps you mentally and physically, right? And then it starts that cycle that you mm-hmm. talk about in your essay on how yeah. you need that rest, but you can't get that rest. Mm-hmm. One thing I always tell people that I have a hard time sleeping is write, journal. Okay. Because if, especially if your brain is spinning out with thoughts, your brain's trying to put that in long-term memory by going over it again and again and again so you don't forget it. If you write it down, your brain goes, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to remember that. It's written down right here beside the bed. So write down that stuff. Get those things out. There's something about 
physically writing, not typing, but pen to paper that you're, you know, using your brain and the creative side, the logical side all together to get all of that stuff out and then you can process it and and let it go or come up with a plan like, oh my gosh, I have 20 things to do tomorrow. How am I going to do it? And, you know, spend five minutes to say, okay, I need to do this. I need to delegate that. And, you know, you'll go to sleep feeling better that, okay, I've got a plan. A plan of action there. Mm-hmm. So, Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We have just a few minutes left for you to call in with your questions at 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Shingles, also called herpes zoster, is a painful rash disease. Shingles can lead to severe nerve pain called postherpetic neuralgia that can last for months or years after the rash goes away. Shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, the same virus that causes chickenpox. If you've had chickenpox, you can get shingles. Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime. You can get shingles at any age, but it's more common in older adults. Older adults also are more likely to have severe disease. The Center for Disease Control recommends that people age 50 and older get the shingles vaccine called Shingrex. Set an appointment to discuss shingles with your provider at the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. So, Dr. Cruz, we are, what if we're hesitant to go to a sleep study? I know Brookings Health System has Mm -hmm. a great facility there for us to do all the, what if we don't want to do that? Yeah, so I hear a lot of people like, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I can only sleep in my bed. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, you can only sleep in your bed with your pillow. We do have what's called a home sleep study, and that's something available here in Brookings. You don't get the brainwave readings, which most people are like, I don't think I could sleep with all those things hooked up to my head. You can. I have twice. Yeah. <laughs> you can. It, it's really amazing. Um, but there's a home machine. Basically, you get a strap across the chest, a, a strap across the abdomen that, that gets chest rise and fall, a little probe on the finger that checks oxygen levels, and then it records to hear if there's snoring, pauses in sleep, gasping for air. So that actually is a pretty darn good uh, study, and we can diagnose sleep apnea off of that. What we can't do that we can in the sleep lab, in the sleep lab, if we say, you know what? You have sleep apnea. We, we're diagnosed. You can try the CPAP machine there, and you can try a okay. different couple masks, and we can titrate to get your exact level of settings we need for the machine. If we don't do a titration study in a sleep lab or with what we call a split-night study where we're starting to diagnose and then we spend the rest of the night treating, they have machines that what call auto-titrate. So it adjusts the pressure for you. The the machines have gotten smart enough that they know just how much air pressure you need to to keep the um, apnea and the snoring to stop. For the home studies, is it a multiple night thing? Just one night. Or just one night? One night. So not a bad yet. It's like going to the library. You check out the machine. You sleep. You check check it back in the next day, and then it gets uh, processed. So if I'm worried about uh, the way that and the quality of sleep I'm getting, what language do I need when I go in to talk to my doctor? What should I be saying to them? I would say I'm concerned about 
my sleep. You know, t just say if it's my wife says I snore and I'm gasping for air. You know, if you say I can't sleep well and I'm tired all the time, you know, or I wake up with headaches. So let your doctor know what are your concerns about sleep and we'll work on it. Uh, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Tomorrow, February 9th, we have a new live On Call with the Prairie Doc. Dr. Cruz will be joined in the studio by Dr. Uh, Michael Pietala from Yankton Medical Clinic and Dr. Jeffrey Boyle from Avera Medical Group Neurology Sioux Falls. They will be discussing sleep apnea. So tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for the Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcasts. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.